Well, welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program today. God bless you. Praise God. This is a great day. This is a wonderful day to sit and to listen to the good teaching of the Word of God. Amen. Now listen to the psalmist. He says, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts, and I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness, and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. Well, praise God. Isn't that wonderful that we can start this program off by giving praise and honor and glory uh, to our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and do that right now. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your blessings upon our heart, our bl- your blessings upon our life. Father God, how you saved us. Lord, how you delivered us, how you've set us free, how you have healed us, Lord, and delivered us uh, from all of our fears and all of our afflictions, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, the psalmist says, when I was afflicted, amen, I turned to you. So, Lord, we just thank you today. And we give you praise and honor and glory, Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, I pray for everyone within the sound of my voice. Uh, especially those that may be going through tests and trials and they just don't see light at the end of the tunnel. Father, you're faithful to those who call upon you. Lord, your word says your eyes are over the righteous and your ears are open unto their prayers. And so, Lord, we know from the word of God that you have given us, Lord, an expected end. Hallelujah. You said in your word, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope, to give you an expected end. And so, Father, I know, Lord, that that whatever suffering that we're going through, Father, this will turn to your glory. Father, this will turn out uh, for your glory and, Father, for our good. So, Lord, we thank you for that. And, Father, we just lift up all of our friends that are going through trouble. Lord, all of our neighbors, Father God, all of our associates on the job or in the ministry that, Father, are going through a test and a trial. Lord, we surround them with faith and with prayer in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you've given your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, to bear us up in their hands, lest we dash our foot against a stone. But, Father, you have given us authority in the name of Jesus to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And Jesus himself, the Lord, our Lord and Savior, himself said, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So, Lord, uh, we commit our lives into your hands today. We commit our wealth, our treasuries into your hands today. Lord, you are the one that teaches our hands to profit. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. Now, Lord, we just enter into a time of study of your word, and we ask you today, Lord, give us revelation. Give us light. Uh, uh, Yes, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Fill our hearts with gladness today and joy over your word, and we'll give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Well, praise God. God bless you today. Amen. Now, we're going to go ahead and get into the word of God. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We're going through this marvelous letter. Of course, you know, all the letters of Paul are marvelous. Uh, This particular chapter now, Paul is talking about and this is, this is going to be the title of the, of the study today, Being Faithful Stewards. And of course, you know, let's just go ahead and we'll summarize this chapter. This is a, uh, a very uh, interesting chapter because uh, this chapter involves, actually, it completes uh, Paul's uh, exhortation and rebuke of the church at Corinth over the, the envyings and the strivings and the confusion and the divisions that arose in the church after Paul uh, had left. And so if you remember going back to church, uh, going back to chapter one, that Paul had received a letter from the house of Chloe explaining to him all of the things that had been going up, all of those uh, these uh, negative things that have cropped up in the church, the envying, the strife, and the divisions. The envy was there were certain teachers and prominent people in the church that had envy against the Apostle Paul. And so, and I've got a feeling now, I don't know for sure, but I've got a feeling that some of these people were trying to displace the Apostle Paul and take the authority of the church unto themselves, which um, would have destroyed the church. But isn't it good to know that even today in the ancient city of Corinth, Christianity is still being promoted and still being established. So uh, what Paul did in Corinth has lasted 2,000 years, so I guess we could say the Holy Ghost was in it. (laughs) Amen? Praise God. But let's just go ahead and summarize this chapter in verses 1 and 2. Paul talks about being faithful stewards. Notice what he says. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards uh, that a man be found faithful. Now, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in, in a little bit. We're just summarizing this chapter right now. Now, verses 3 through 6 Uh, Paul is acknowledging and exhorting the Corinthians uh, not to judge him. It really doesn't matter, um, you know, what they think about Paul. It doesn't matter what Paul thinks about himself. You know, Paul, and we'll read it in just a minute. Paul says, I don't even judge myself. And he's telling the Corinthians, now you're going to have to wait. We are all going to have to wait until the final judgment, the judgment when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, then we'll know, amen, uh, what Christ thinks of us. Now, notice what uh, Paul writes and says, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that justifies me is the Lord. Therefore, Judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Oh, I tell you, I love that last part of that fifth verse. Then every man shall have a praise of God. So, and this last part of verse five is going, it, it, it kind of gives us the idea that 
that in the end, Christ is going to approve of us and Christ is going to find things in us that are praiseworthy. And uh, so I, I like that. Uh, it just lets me know how much of a father we have in heaven, how much of a Lord that we have in heaven, and how much he deeply, truly loves us. Amen. And uh, how he wants so much for us uh, to grow up in the things of Christ and to become pure and and mature believers in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And then verses 7 through 13, we'll not take the time to read it. You can when you read through this chapter. Uh, describes Paul's sarcasm directed primarily towards those that were envious of Paul, those that possibly want to replace him as leaders in the ministry. Maybe those who were not chosen by Paul to lead the church. Maybe they got a little bit mad about that. Uh, but now Paul's sarcasm, well, let me just go ahead and read it anyway because it is interesting. Notice Paul says here, he says, For who makes thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that that did not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if you had received it? Notice the sarcasm. Now you are full. Oh, you're rich. You, you have reigned as kings, and you've done it without us. And I would to God you did reign. In other words, Paul is saying, look how you have just grown to spiritual maturity, and you did it all without us, without our teaching, without our planning the church, without, our, without us coming to you, preaching the gospel. You did it all by yourself. Oh, I wish, now notice what he says, oh, I wish that you reigned. I wish you were spiritually a spiritual mature person, but you're not really. Amen. And then in the last uh, portion, verses 14 through 21, Paul directly charges himself and reminds the church that he's the one that uh, begot them. He said, I have begotten you through the gospel. I'm the father of this church. I'm the apostolos. I'm the apostle of this church. Amen. I'm the leader. Amen. Nobody else. I am. And then the very lastly, he says, now, I'm sending Timothy. He's going to straighten you out. He's going to remind you of what I taught you. Amen. And he's going to get back in touch with me. And when I come, basically what he's saying I give you a choice. I can either come to you with a rod of correction or I can come to you with love and a spirit of meekness. So that's, that is excellent leadership within the church. That is somebody who is a strong leader, somebody who knows beyond a shadow of a doubt who he is and he knows what the purpose for the church is. And I tell you, for us to have pastors and leaders in the church like that, I tell you, they are wonderful, wonderful people of God. But we have to ask ourselves a question on a personal level. Uh, how do we, because Paul's talking here about the Corinthian church, he's talking about building a spiritual house. He's talking about building the church. Well, He's talking about in a corporate sense, but now we want to touch on it in a personal sense. How do we build a spiritual house? How do we exude faithful stewardship in building our spiritual house? Amen. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take the first uh, six verses of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to talk for just a few moments that we have left. We're going to talk about how we 
develop faithful stewardship and building our spiritual house. First of all, we've got to talk about stewardship. What does that mean? Stewardship is really a householder or a house manager. He is the one that is entrusted by the master of the house, amen, to take care of all of his goods, manage the servants, make sure that they're taken care of, handle the money, amen, making sure that uh, everybody gets paid, they're supposed to get paid, make sure the amount of money that is supposed to come in, comes in, keep an accurate track of it, amen, make sure that the house is managed exactly like the master wants it. Now, we have a master. His name is Jesus. And he has the idea, amen, of how he wants our spiritual house to be built. Amen. And so if we're going to be faithful stewards, faithful house managers, then we're going to build our spiritual house the way the Lord wants it to be built. Now, let me tell you, the first 10 years of my Christian life, I built a house, but it wasn't the house that God wanted me to build. It's a house that I built myself. And that's why at the end of 10 years, it was an absolute wreck. Amen. And uh, I had backslidden for about a year. And when God, by his grace and his mercy, restored me to faith and restored me to the love of God, by his grace and by his mercy, I made a determination then. I knew enough. I had enough head sense to realize this house, I've got to tear it down. I've got to tear it down to the foundation of Christ. I've got to build it again. But this time, I'm going to build my house on the word of God and on prayer. And I did just that. And lo and behold, I discovered, and it's all through the glory of God, through his grace and his mercy, I then discovered what God wanted me to do in this life. Amen. And so this is very important. This is the, 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 uh, the entry level into uh, Christianity. Uh, when I say Christianity, I'm talking about Christian maturity and finding out what God's plan and purpose is for our very lives. So let's go ahead. Let's read verses 1 through 6 again. Amen. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. We're going to stop right there. That a man be found faithful. Now, the word required comes from the Greek word zeteo, and this word means to demand. But it also means to seek after, to make sure. Amen. To place a demand upon ourselves to be faithful. And notice that Paul says it's required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Amen. And so uh, this is what Christ is looking for. He's not looking for a college degree. He's not looking for uh, expertise. All these things are helpful. It's helpful to have a college degree. I mean, all that is good and well. But that's really not what Christ is looking for. He is looking for a follower, and I let's put that word in quotes, a follower of him that will be faithful. And this is what we build our spiritual house upon. We build it upon faithfulness. Amen. Remember when I, uh, the Lord uh, restored me to faith in Him and forgave me of my disobedience and sinfulness. 
Amen. And I made a determination that I was going to build my spiritual house on on prayer on on the Word of God and prayer. Well, what was required in order for me to do that was faithfulness. Amen. Faithfulness to do that. Faithfulness every day to spend time in the Word. Every day to spend time praying. And if you remember my testimony, I started out praying just like 10 minutes a day, but as I worked on it day in, day out, day in and day out, amen, my prayer time began to expand, amen, and it became, over the years, became a major portion of my ministry was prayer, amen, praise God, and I praise God for that. It was God working in me to will and to do of His good pleasure. It's nothing, all I did was supply the faithfulness. Amen. And God did everything else. He supplied the power. I'm telling you today that if you'll apply the faithfulness to the word of God in prayer, God will supply uh, the power. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now let's look. How do we build our spiritual house? Well, that's going to be found in in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter now, uh, uh, verses 6 through 11. So let's go ahead and read. Uh, this portion of scripture, howbeit we speak wisdom among them. Nope, I'm in the wrong chapter, verse 6. Notice what Paul what Paul writes. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. You've got to plant. And that planting, you've got to water. And if you plant and if you water, it's not going to do you one bit of good if God does not give the increase. So the dependence is upon him. Not upon you, not upon your effort. You've got to supply the faithfulness. You've got to supply the effort, but it doesn't end there. Uh, all, all of your effort will prove vain if God doesn't supply the increase. Amen. So as you apply your heart to know wisdom, as you apply your heart to the Word of God, as you read the Word and study and meditate in the Word of God, and you go back to it and go back to it, and uh, you get under good teachers of the Word of God, those that are going to teach you the truth as it is, amen, in the Word of God. And as you apply yourself and as you go over these things and meditate, that's where the watering comes in, taking the Word of God and meditating it, amen. Put yourself there in the Word of God. God will give the increase. Revelation will come. And the more revelation that you receive, I'm talking about real revelation, not something out of right field or left field somewhere. I'm talking about real left. When I, when I say meditation, I'm talking about it seems that the Holy Spirit lifts the words in the Bible out of their setting, lifts them up so you can see them in bold type. Amen. I'm talking about that kind of revelation when the light comes on, on the inside of you and you know your heart, you know in your heart, you've got it. Praise God. I got it. I got the revelation of the word. I got it. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then you run with it. Amen. It gets you so excited. So the first thing that you've got to do, and Paul says it right here. Notice he says, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. We just talked about that. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Do you want to be prosperous in this life? Do you want to be prosperous in your body? Do you want to have a strong mind and a healthy body? Do you want to be prosperous in the material word world, God doesn't mind you being prosperous in the material world. Amen. He just wants to make sure that you don't begin to live a covetous life. Amen. That you be willing to give and be willing to share. Amen. And when you become prosperous, then you can teach other people how to prosper. 
That's good, praise God. Amen. Now, Paul goes on here and says, we are laborers together with God. We are partners with him. There's nothing that God is going to get done that is, that is not going to be done through the church, through you individually and through the church corporately. That's why we're here. That's why we're called the body of Christ. We're here to get the job done. Amen. And that is to preach the gospel throughout all the world. Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse 10 says, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Notice he says here going on, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Christ Jesus. So how do you build your spiritual house? Number one, your foundation has got to be on Christ Jesus. It can't be on anything else. It can't be on your church denomination. It can't be based upon your church membership. It can't even be based upon water baptism. It's got to be based upon the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And this is how you build your house. Now, once the foundation is laid and you begin to build your spiritual house, you've got to build it upon the Word of God. Amen. You can't build it on anything else. You can't build it on the Word that your pastor preaches. He may be preaching you the word. You can't build your house on, on what he says. You've got to build it on the word. Now, if he's, if he's preaching the word of God, then you take it to the bank. You, you take that, take it home, study it, meditate it, and make it yours. Amen. The, the, the message that the pastor preaches on Sunday is his message. You've got to make it your message. Amen. You've got to get it down on the inside of you if it's going to do you any good. Now listen to what uh, Jesus says there, here. Now this is found in Matthew chapter 7. Notice the last uh, section of, uh, of uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7. Notice what he says. He says this, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Works of our own are not going to get us into heaven. They're not going to get our foundation laid in Christ Jesus. It's by faith alone, by grace alone, through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ and the work that he did on the cross. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. But now let's read on. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock the rock of Jesus, the foundation. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon sand. Men trying to get to heaven but they don't have their foundation of their house laid in Christ Jesus, upon Christ, upon the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus just called them? He called them fools. He did. He called them fools. Amen. Do you have a foundation today? Is it, is it the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ? 
If it is, I'm telling you, you've got a good foundation to build your spiritual house on. If you don't have Christ as your Savior, if your life does not have the foundation of Christ that you're building upon it, you are a foolish person. Repent right now. Bow your, bow your head right now. Ask Christ to come into your heart and life, and he'll do it. You do it by faith, and he'll do it. But notice what else Jesus says. And the rain descended, talking about this house built upon the sound, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You're setting yourself up for a fall if you don't know Jesus as your Savior. I'm telling you right now. Amen. Don't leave this earth without having made Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord. Amen. All right, now. All right, so we have to build our house upon the Word of God. And then after we do that, after we establish the fact that the Word of God is first place, the next thing we need to do is we need to apply faith to it. In other words, we need to be doers of the Word. Amen. Be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Praise God. Amen. Being doers of the Word and not hearers only. Listen to what James says here in chapter 1. Notice what he says. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. How do hearers deceive themselves? Because they think they don't have to pay attention to the word of God and it's not going to adversely affect them. They are wrong. They are wrong. Their house is going to fall. Amen. Only the doers' houses will stand the test of time. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass or a mirror, for he beholds himself and goes his way and straightforward forgets what manner of man he was. He'll go to church on Sunday, amen, and act all pious and, and holy and raise his hands and praise the Lord and then go out to dinner and because the waitress is, is not bringing his food when he should, he'll get all mad and start cussing and cuss her out, cuss, her, cuss everybody out and just embarrass everybody because he's lost his temper. That's a man that's just a hearer, not a doer. Now, notice what else Paul says. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. In other words, your house will be a blessed house. Do you want to have a blessed house today? Amen. Praise God. Lay your foundation in Christ. Build your house on Christ. Amen. Build your house on the word of God. Amen. And then be a doer of it. In other words, act it out by faith. The fourth thing that you need to do to build your spiritual house, you need to make your life a life of praise and a life of prayer. Let me tell you something about praise. You know what praise is? Praise is the cure. If you wake up depressed, you start praying, start praising God, start reading the Psalms and rejoice along with the psalmist. Amen. If things have knocked you where your head is, just where your feet were just a few moments before, you've got the praise cure. Apply the praise cure. Begin to praise God. Amen. And God will show up. The Holy Ghost will show up. Amen. Joy will fill your heart. Notice what Paul says. He says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the God of peace shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the fourth way that you build your spiritual house. And the last way, amen, is stay filled up. 
Amen. Be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. That's Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 17 through 21. Do you want submission in your house? Do you want peace in your home instead of chaos? Do you want peace in the church instead of chaos? Do you know who causes chaos? People who are so filled with the flesh that they cannot be filled with the spirit. I tell you, you get people praising. You get them praying together. You get them loving one another. You talk about a home of peace. You talk about a church that's full of peace. Amen. That's a church that's on the way. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is how you build your spiritual house. So if you'll apply these things and begin to do it right now, I mean right now, just make it a mental fact right now in your mind. Amen. I'm going to put this into practice right now. Praise God. Build your house on Christ. Build it on the word. Be a doer of the word. Fill your life with praise and prayer and then stay filled up with the spirit of God. I tell you, you'll notice the tremendous difference, not only in yourself, but you'll notice in those that are around you and in your church, praise God. So, Heavenly Father, just I ask you, Lord, to uh, put it into the heart of everyone within the sound of my voice to begin to apply these principles of the Word of God that's found in the Word, Lord. Hallelujah. Apply them to our daily lives so that we can prosper in everything we do. And, Lord, we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.